This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, what's interesting is uh, Rush used to call it an echo chamber. Things that we say here often do wind up into the broader narrative, despite the fact that you have individuals who claim that they thought these things up or whatever. It's okay. This whole Eighth Amendment issue, which I'll explain again because things can get complicated. But over the weekend, a, a buddy of mine for how many years now? Wow, 44 years. 43 years. I started out in the Reagan administration almost right after law school when I was 23. This gentleman and I, Arthur Ferguson, we met each other in the Reagan administration, became fast friends and have been for decades. I'm a constitutionalist. He's a constitutionalist. So I contacted him over the weekend and I said, look, what they've done to Trump here has violated his constitutional rights and we got to hone in on exactly which right it violated because... You can't throw a 60-yard pass. It's got to be something that's substantive and something that can, in fact, be applied to the law and the fact patterns in the case with Letitia James and the fraudulent judge. So we went back and forth to some extent. And we fell on the Eighth Amendment. Now, why did we do that? Again, we went back and forth, and I said to Arthur, you need to write this up. First of all, I don't have time, but you need to write this up. Nice short piece. 
I'll send it over to Fox Digital, uh, which is where he wanted it to appear. And there were a lot of law professors. Steve Calabrese, a brilliant guy who I also worked with at the Justice Department, and Jonathan Turley, who's also brilliant, at George Washington Law School. They're very, very good men, but I thought they were missing the mark. This isn't in any respect to put down. People are trying to figure out how to, how to address what's taking place here. So Arthur's piece focused on the Eighth Amendment. Why the Eighth Amendment? Most people don't even read the Eighth Amendment. But this is what I do. And when I ask my friends, this is what they do. Craig Bannister over at CNS News, he got it right. President Trump has an Eighth Amendment challenge to the unconstitutional fines levied against him by a rogue judge. Constitutional scholar Mark Levin noted Tuesday, commenting on the extraordinary $370 million fine with interest imposed by a New York judge. Later that day, former President Trump posted the text of the Eighth Amendment on True Social Platform, later linking the to the same article linked by Levin in his comment posted on X, formerly Twitter. The text of the Eighth Amendment, this aspect is quite simple. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Now, let me stop there. Why do you think the Constitution has this Eighth Amendment among its Bill of Rights? As you know, the Bill of Rights were added after the Constitution was ratified as a promise to the state legislatures and conventions that the new national government would circle back and address some of the concerns the states had, and the states were going to vote against the Constitution without the assurances. And so these ten amendments are amendments that were basically demanded by the states Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Why would the states want this? Because hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this is exactly what the English monarchy did to people it was trying to destroy, opponents of the crown. The crown needed money. Uh, The crown wanted to punish people who spoke out against the crown. And on and on and on. They would use an attack on their private property to shut them up or destroy them. That's why private property rights were so crucial when this nation was founded, among other reasons. Your private property, your home, your cars, whatever, what does that represent? Just some theory about capitalism? No, much more than that. What does capitalism represent? They represent this, America. How many of you work for a living? How many of you have worked but are now retired? Did you get up in the morning and go to work and come back at night? Did you do it five days a week? Did you work one job, two jobs? Did you spend 20, 30, 40 years on the job? 
it represents your freedom. That is, your application of your time on earth. Physical and intellectual application of your humanity, of your time on earth towards the production of something for which you are compensated. It's a unique skill or not a unique skill. We only have a limited amount of time on this earth. That's why James Madison talked about private property more broadly than actual physical, tangible property. He said you have private property in your being, in your existence. And what he meant by that is people do not have the right to impose illegitimate, illegitimate demands on you. Government does not have that right. So when you, work, when you work hard and you purchase a home and you pay a mortgage every month, that represents your freedom, your liberty. That represents your humanity. Nobody gave it to you. You did this with your time, with your sweat, with your blood, with your tears, with your sacrifice and your family sacrifice, day in and day out. You did this. So when some potentate, whether it's a king or an attorney general in New York, steps in and says, I'm taking it from you. Under the mirage or cover of a never used statute in front of a radical judge, both elected Democrats, the attorney general said she was going to get Trump and she uses this statute. That is an attack on your liberty. It is an attack on your humanity. That's not about doing justice. That's the opposite. Remember what we talked about, Bastiat, last night? That is using the law to commit a crime against an individual and their property rights and their freedom. And then self-righteously claim that you're, inf- you're uh, enforcing the law. When you're committing a crime that, that is camouflaged by the law and you're used to the law. That's why there's an Eighth Amendment to the Constitution. Because the men who wrote the Constitution and later the Bill of Rights were well aware of what happened in Britain. They're well aware of what happens with a centralized power. The Eighth Amendment's rarely talked about for a lot of reasons. Among the most important is that the media, academia, law professors, most of whom are socialists slash Marxists, only want you to be aware of it. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. And they've used the Eighth Amendment to try and protect people on death row, particularly if they're younger and so forth, excessive punishments. But in 2018, a case was brought by, by a man who had some drug paraphernalia in his Land Rover. 
the drugs and the drug paraphernalia amounted to about $1,200. So what happened was, he was punished, it was brought to court, but they confiscated his Range Rover, which was worth $42,000. They, effectively the state, the town. And this occurred in Indiana. And so, it's called the Tim's case, T-I-M-B-S. The opinion was issued in 2019. He brought the case in 2018. So it's a very recent Supreme Court case, United States. So the district court agreed that that part of the penalty was excessive under the Eighth Amendment. The appellate court in Indiana agreed that that part of the Eighth Amendment was excessive. The Supreme Court of Indiana said, no, it's not excessive. And by the way, the Eighth Amendment doesn't even apply. It's a federal matter. The Bill of Rights, it's a federal matter. It's not incorporated to apply to the states under the 14th Amendment. Now, as a footnote, when you look at the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights, the first eight, the ninth and tenth part, have nothing to do with the states. It's all about protecting you from this new national government. But over the course of many decades, the Supreme Court has slowly applied, incorporated, it's called incorporation doctrine. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third, Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, to the states. But what about the Eighth? What about Cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. What about excessive fines imposed in particular? The Supreme Court ruled that the taking of Mr. Tim's Range Rover, in addition to the other penalties, over a $1,200 criminal act, was an excessive fine under the Eighth Amendment. It ruled further. The Eighth Amendment does, in fact, apply to the states by way of the 14th Amendment Due Process Clause, and that's what they use to incorporate the other parts of the Bill of Rights, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. Therefore, and if you read the 14th Amendment, you see a lot of the Fifth Amendment. Therefore, the court ruled 9-0 to zero with two, not objectors, but two additional opinions by Justices uh, Gorsuch and Thomas. But in the end, it was 9-0 to zero that that was excessive, and in fact, the Eighth Amendment does apply in this regard to the states. It's always applied in terms of the imprisonment and so forth. But in this regard, excessive fines imposed, it also applies to the states. That was the ruling in 2019. When President Trump was cited, uh, excuse me, was uh, interviewed the other night, a great interview, I thought. He did a fantastic job. He raised the Eighth Amendment, and the uh, response was, but that's a state issue, this issue of fines and penalties. But under the 
Tim's decision in 2019, it's not merely a state issue. In fact, the Eighth Amendment, in terms of excessive fines and penalties, does apply to states. Now, I want to go a a step further. Yes, this is a constitutional law class, but it's in plain English. But I want you to learn more about this because it's very, very important. And I'm hoping the president's lawyers pursue this. After I posted the article from my friend Arthur, President Trump retweeted it, and he also had tweeted a text of the language of the Eighth Amendment. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. I just posted on all our social platforms the discovery that should take place in an effort to seek a uh, motion to stay what's taking place in this so-called courtroom in New York. Letitia James is all over the media speaking like uh, like Castro, like Maduro. If we have to seize his property, we're going to seize his property. Now keep in mind, in order to make an appeal, he has to demonstrate that he is the funds And in this litigation, he had to demonstrate his worth and what's liquid and what's not. So they look at what's liquid. They see about $400 million. And they say, okay, that'll do. Give us $400 million. And we'll sit on it while you appeal. For the right to appeal. Nobody has $400 million sitting in a bank account. And so, this is where we are. So, I've just posted for you to review and we'll discuss in a moment the next steps but I'm still not done we'll be right back folks by the time you finish listening to this message the US government will print $8,300 in new money that's every minute that's 276 new dollars every single second money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads it's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold. 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, this is not only important as a matter of principle. I hope, I hope you're glued to your radio, or however you listen to your podcast, to see how this all works. Because you'll be reading about it either later tonight or tomorrow after I after I talk about it. But first, the part of the discussion I was talking about in the excellent interview of President Trump the other night. Take a listen. Cut thirteen. Go. And what happens is this guy ruled that I was guilty before the trial started. He didn't even know anything about it. He ruled that a house in Florida called Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million when it's worth from 50 to 100 times that. Would you give up one of your properties to, well, to settle this? Up, look, we have, you know, I wrote this up because it was, so, it was so great. I just looked at it. People call up, all of your friends, the lawyers call up. They say, it's the most egregious punishment anybody's ever seen. Tim Scott knows that. He sees it. The Eighth Amendment. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. That's the Eighth Amendment. Excessive fines. I have, this is a state court I have a fine. Yeah. I did business. I See, did it's business a state with- court ruling, but under the 2019 Supreme Court Tim's case, uh, states in a state court ruling were held to be accountable under that specific amendment, the Eighth Amendment, and excessive fines and punishment. So President Trump is 100% correct. And let me continue with this excellent piece from CNS News and Craig Bannister. He says, in Stalinist's $370 million judgment against Trump should be vacated immediately, writes my friend Arthur Ferguson. And he points out, does Ferguson, Professor Jonathan Turley called the $370 million judgment confiscatory, extreme, and abusive. Professor Stephen Calabrese termed it a travesty and an unjust political act. The subhead of his own commentary employed the term Stalinist, a term I use often. Both law professors are right. He says, because the judgment does not relate to any loss, says Ferguson, the $370 million is not properly understood violative of the prohibition against grossly excessive punitive damages. It does fall, however, directly within the excessive fines clause of the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution. Now let's take it a step further. What do you do about this? Other than whine about it. You uh, file a motion to stay. And in that motion to stay, you seek discovery. 
accompany the motion. Again, hat tip Arthur. With a request for expedited discovery in aid of the motion and a Eighth Amendment defense. All documents relating to any communication by Letitia James or her agents or employees about the case or President Trump or his companies with White House with D.A. Bragg or his staff with D.A. Willis or her staff with Special Counsel Smith or his staff and with Governor Hochul or her staff and the DNC with any Democratic office holders and their staffs. And you ask the court that it be produced within a few weeks, followed by another subpoena and depositions, and urge the court that it can all be accomplished in six weeks. Now, that goes a long way in seeking to prove your Eighth Amendment defense. Why, Mark? Because this is not only a matter of a prima facie violation of the Eighth Amendment, but you create a factual basis in order to strengthen the case. And you show that this was always the intention, to bankrupt Trump, to steal his money, to distract him. It was a political act, an unconstitutional act. So you need, you need a motion to stay, and you need to pursue discovery. And so it comes to my mind, one other thing. You ready, folks? This is the way serious constitutionalists think. Section 42, or Code 42, Section 1983-1985, as relates to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Mark, what does that have to do with anything? A lot. If you have state actors, federal or state, and state includes local, if you have state actors who act for the purpose of denying somebody their constitutional rights, and you can prove it, you can demonstrate it, the veil of immunity is lifted from those state actors. As it is at the federal level, we call it a Bivens action, but now I'm talking about the states. Under sections 1983-1985. In other words, you can literally bring a civil rights action if the facts bear it out, if the facts bear it out in these depositions and so forth against the Attorney General of New York and the District Attorney of Manhattan. If they were colluding, conspiring, call it what you wish, for the purpose of denying Donald Trump a constitutional right, in this case, relating to his property rights, but there can be other rights too. So we have a potential civil rights action. This isn't theory. It depends on what the, the discovery would discover. And you could even go beyond that, at least in Mark's world, 
Did Letitia James speak to Fannie Willis? And about what? Did Letitia James speak to Alvin Bragg? And about what? Did Letitia James speak to Jack Smith at the federal level? And about what? Did Letitia James speak to anyone at the White House? Did she speak to anybody at the Democrat National Committee? What did she say to them? What did she say to her staff? Same with Alvin Bragg. But in a strange way, if the law is not an ass, and if it's actually complied with by the people who are supposed to enforce it, that is judges, this could potentially create an opportunity to blow it all up, Mr. Producer. You understand what I'm saying? Under 1983-1985, and its application of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It's worth a shot, and it's more than a 60-yard pass. In fact, the hurdle will be to get a court to actually comply with the law and the process and enable the Trump lawyers, should they agree, to pursue information that Donald Trump has a right to know in order to defend himself. It's not a game. So we have the Eighth Amendment, the excessive fines provision. It's really half a sentence. And we have potentially the Civil Rights Act that's applied by the Equal Protection Clause, but actual federal statute Sections 1983 and 1985. To go on offense and bring civil rights claims depending on what the discovery determines. I hope I've explained this in a way that's understandable. That's my intention. I've also posted what was sent to me by my buddy Arthur. But I've come up, the, the 1983 issue is one that I've been noodling. And I do think this is the way to get to that as well. That is discovery. So you need a, a request, an emergency stay, to file a motion. And um, I would try and distinguish that from an appeal, per se, because so you're filing a motion for the purpose of gathering additional facts and information. Now, this guy Erdogan sounds like Erdogan, the guy in Turkey, very similar in their approach, I would argue. Fact of the matter is, he may rule against the motion. But that's okay, you're building a record. A record on top of a record. And that's, that's the way it ought to be done. I hope I've cleared this up. And a minimum, I think you can see that depending on good lawyering, there may be, in fact, some opportunities here. Uh, maybe not depending on how the rulings go, but I would argue yes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have another problem with the Republicans in the Senate. The brave Republicans in the House voted to impeach Mayorkas. I hope you saw my Sunday show where I laid out impeachment. It's funny, the show that followed, I don't think they were ready for my show, but they went on and on by why this is not legitimate. Well, they're dead wrong. The fact is Mayorkas was impeached and should have been impeached. In fact, under the Constitution, the House had an obligation, a constitutional obligation to impeach him. But now the problem is the Republicans in the Senate. A group of Senate conservatives has reported by Axios, a left-wing site, but one that the rhinos use often, is demanding help from Mitch McConnell on forcing a full impeachment trial for Homeland Security Secretary. Axios has learned. Now, why does it matter? Senate Democrats will control the process, but the historic impeachment articles are proving to be the next flashpoint for the GOP minority leader. Why? He doesn't want to have a trial, ladies and gentlemen. A Democratic effort to dismiss the impeachment articles would be an action rarely contemplated and never taken by the U.S. Senate, said the Constitutionalists in the Senate. If the tables were turned, the opposition would be fierce and the volume from Democrats would be deafening, they wrote. Lee and Cruz met quietly with the Senate parliamentarian a week ago, arguing that Majority Leader Schumer should not be able to simply set aside the historic impeachment articles so early in the process. And these are the two big constitutionalists, Lee and Cruz. The parliamentarian whose job is to interpret Senate rules and precedent has not yet provided them any kind of formal response. Senator Lee told Axios he doesn't know where GOP leadership will end up, but he hopes they aren't complicit in the Democrats' effort to just table the motion as if this were some childish, sophomoric exercise. And Cruz told Fox News it's a chance for Republican leaders to finally demonstrate some backbone. Schumer hit back at Cruz's comments, saying Cruz is the one who wants to do nothing on the border by voting against the bipartisan border deal. You see, Schumer is a lying sack of... uh, a lying sack... Their bipartisan bill. This is what they hide behind. Pretend legislation. McConnell told CNN he hasn't really thought about it when asked about a vote to dismiss the charges. 
But is he an idiot? Yes. That vote will require a majority instead of the two-thirds required to convict during an impeachment trial. I don't think we'll have two endless trials like we've recently had, McConnell added, in deference to Democrats likely ending things quickly. Kevin Kramer, Republican North Dakota, called the articles dead on arrival and the dumbest exercising. You're a big a-hole, you puke from North Dakota, Kevin Kramer. What is your deal? What a complete fraud. Kevin Kramer from North Dakota. Another rhino. They come into Washington. They sell out. Biggest waste of time, America. Biggest waste of time to do with Mayorkas. Constitution, according to Kevin Kramer and his ilk, is a waste of time. We're very busy up here on Capitol Hill. Creating deficits, ensuring that the borders open, watching our allies run out of ammunition. We're very busy here in the Senate, we Republicans. Draining resources out of the Department of Defense to fund the climate change agenda. Very busy. These jackasses, they go to a microphone, they talk tough and everything else. The House just impeached Mayorkas. It wasn't easy. They got it done. The articles are rock solid. The basis for a high crime, rock solid. But they won't take it up. That's never been done in American history. Never. It's a waste of time. So we'll go ahead and burn the Constitution with our Democrat friends, Chuck Schumer. One of the most sleazy, vile, not just politicians, but people to roam the planet. Just a complete liar and fraud. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Honestly, if you have children listening to the show right now, I would encourage you to send them away from the radio, however you're listening. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to read you something that... Uh, That's just hard to take as a human being. I'm going to read it soon. And before I do, I want you to know that Anthony Blinken met with the president of Brazil who compared the Israeli Jews who are defending their nation and what they're doing to the Holocaust. It doesn't get any lower than that. And Netanyahu swung hard, swung back. And Anthony Blinken met with the president of Brazil in the last 24 hours. 
shaking hands, smiling, putting his arm around him. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? The president of Brazil is a Marxist. He's been getting closer and closer to China and Russia. The prior president of Brazil, who they're also trying to put in prison, of course, was a strong ally of the United States. And Israel. But this is how the Marxist left plays, whether it's in Israel trying to imprison Netanyahu, whether it's in Brazil trying to imprison their former president, whether it's in the United States trying to imprison our president. In addition, the White House is issuing another executive order aimed at the indigenous peoples who live in Judea and Samaria, pushing more crushing financial penalties on them, claiming that they are attacking these innocent peace-loving Palestinians. They haven't done this to any other country. Syria killed half a million people. Iran's still slaughtering away, and Iran's the enemy. One Arab Muslim country after another. The butchery, the genocide, and of course, he hasn't done it to Xi, his buddy Xi, who's paid his family tens of millions of dollars. No executive order there, and I could go on and on. It's just what what Joe Biden is doing is horrendous. I was interviewed today uh, by a Jewish outlet, Jewish news outlet. It's called the Jewish Journal. It's a nice upstart uh, media entity. And the focus there of the interview of me was Jews and Democrats. And I said... I don't know what it's going to take for Jews to leave the Democrat Party in mass. I don't know what it's going to take. A slaughter like this? A guy like Biden who's actually embracing the river to the sea crowd, the Islamists? Who is with now impunity using the power of the presidency and powers he doesn't even have to punish citizens of Israel? To try and launch a coup against the Prime Minister of Israel? A UN resolution the United States is proposing that would say Israel must not, must not defeat Hamas effectively. We've never seen anything like this before in this country, ever. But I want to read something to you that not a single news outlet that I'm aware of, if I'm wrong, it's a rare outlet, has not reported, not one that I'm aware of. So here it is in the Jerusalem Post. And get ready. If you have children, I really don't want them listening to this. Hamas terrorists force families to watch loved ones get raped at gunpoint. Most sexual assault victims at Hamas on October 7 were killed either before or during rape. Several victims' genitalia were mutilated beyond recognition. A report analyzing numerous testimonies from the October 7 massacre, specifically relating to Hamas's sexual violence, revealed that families and friends were forced by Hamas terrorists to watch their loved ones be raped and sexually assaulted at gunpoint. The report represented by the Association of Rape Crisis Centers in Israel analyzes confidential and public testimony 
eyewitness accounts, and interviews with victims, first responders, and witnesses. It was sent to decision makers at the United Nations to leave no room for denial or disregard. Has it been brought up in the United Nations? Has Joe Biden brought it up? Has Blinken brought it up? Has our UN ambassador brought it up? Not one of them. Is there a United States senator or congressman that has brought this up? To my knowledge, not one. The terror organization Hamas chose to harm Israel strategically in two clear ways, says the organization. Kidnapping citizens and committing sadistic sexual crimes. Silence will be remembered as a historical stain on those who chose to remain silent and deny the sexual crimes committed by Hamas. Now Biden would be lying in wait if there were one instance of this to use against the Israeli Jews. Just one. Look what he's doing to the, to the indigenous Jewish people in Judea and Samaria. The report revealed that Hamas, ready, threatened victims, often injured women, with weapons in order to rape them violently, often collectively with collaboration between multiple terrorists. Partners, family, and friends were forced to watch to increase the pain and humiliation for all present. Most of those sexually assaulted by Hamas terrorists were killed afterward, and some even during the act of rape. Imagine this being your last breath, what you're going through. Others were still found dead later, their genitals mutilated beyond recognition or penetrated with weapons. The report highlighted that it cannot provide the full numerical measure of the extent of Hamas's sexual violence, most of which resulted in the victims' deaths, making the full extent of their situation unknown and possibly unknowable. But the fact of it exists. The sexual assaults occurred in four main locations, at the Nova Festival, in kibbutzes, on IDF bases, and in captivity. Severe sexual assaults were reported on multiple occasions by eyewitnesses and first responders at the Nova Festival, including group rapes. On kibbutzim, women and girls alike were brutally assaulted, including at least one case of a knife being hidden in the genital organ of one such victim. Soldiers on IDF bases were victims of sexual violence as well. Their bodies clearly indicated. Hostages who have returned from Gaza reveal grotesque sexual violence towards the hostages also. As the scars in our hearts refuse to heal and the souls of our sisters and brothers cry out to us from the depths of the earth. A significant portion of those we considered partners responded in silence and deny all these horrors wrote the report's authors. We call on you to raise your voices and not allow the cries of victims to fade away. This report is much more extensive than I'm willing to read to you on the public airways. You're Antony Blinken, and you're meeting with the president of Brazil that just compared the Israelis to Nazis? Joe Biden is issuing executive orders against Israeli citizens, the way he issued executive orders at the beginning of his presidency to open up our border. 
Joe Biden's going to the United Nations, which we all know is filled with death cult, genocidal, murderous dictators who get the vote demanding Israel have a ceasefire. Biden went to them, is going to them. And I will say it again, and I will say it till my last breath. This Joe Biden is an anti-Semite. He's the biggest anti-Semite to ever be president. I don't care all the posturing, all the early public statements. doesn't matter. It's not worth a damn thing. And his regime, his administration is the most anti-Semitic in American history. And that includes Franklin Roosevelt, who the radical left-wing so-called scholars voted the top third or fifth president ever. Yeah, the internment of the Japanese, the refusal to sign a federal anti-lynching law. Oh, yeah, stuff like that. Don't worry about it. And Biden turns out to be even a bigger anti-Semite than Obama would publicly admit. But Biden and his Obamaites, Biden's administration is loaded with Obama sycophants and Bernie Sanders sycophants. Marxists, Islamists, a whole rainbow coalition of lowlifes. And that's why you're getting the policies that you're getting. And notice he doesn't think he has a problem with the Jewish vote. You know where he was last night? He flew out to California. The Beverly Hills area. And he met with one of the wealthiest Jews in America, if not the world. A guy by the name of Saban. You may have heard of him. He had the movies and cartoons and the figures. What are those frogs called, Mr. Bidus? I don't remember. The ones that fought. You know, kids. All right. Yeah, that was his. Ninja Turtles and others. $250,000 a ticket. Hosted by an Israeli Jew. On the board of those hosting it included other billionaire, multimillionaire Jews. While Joe Biden is insisting that Israel lose, that Israel destroy itself, that Israel surrender Surrender. It's indigenous lands, Judea and Samaria, that Israel insists, they insist that Israel allowed Hamas's leadership to survive. And these self-hating pukes, call them as I see them, whether it's Islam, whether it's the media, whether it's self-hating Jews, whatever it is, I'm a man who believes in liberty. I'm a man who believes in humanity. And I will call out all those who I do not believe stand with us in this regard. And for them to hold this, this fundraiser worth tens of millions of dollars to try and get Joe Biden reelected. I can only hear the voices of those kids, mostly kids, at that festival. And there's silent screams from heaven. The horrific final moments of their lives. My God, what a monstrous nightmare. I can only think what they're thinking as they look down, God willing. And they see what's taking place in the United States of America.
they put weapons in the vagina of these girls and they shot them. In the anuses. They cut off their breasts. I'm not going to read the whole report. But I am telling you how horrendous this was. And the fact that the Israelis have any self-restraint whatsoever is amazing to me. They're not just dealing with Hamas, they're dealing with an entire society of people who want to not just kill them, but butcher them. The restraint of the IDF, the restraint of Israeli intelligence, the restraint of Benjamin Netanyahu is really something we've never seen in this world. It's remarkable. And instead of that, they're getting from Biden that they are the perpetrators, they are the oppressors. And people like Sabin and Friedman and Chomsky and Soros disgust me. Disgusting. Imagine if that was your little girl. It's not just girls. Imagine if it was your young son. Mutilated. Castrated. Butchered. Went to a festival. To have fun. With this kibbutz. Several of them. On the border. With this IDF station. Undermanned. Many of the IDF soldiers of course are young women. Just imagine this. As hard as they try at CNN and MSNBC, as hard as they try, in the Biden administration, the White House, and the State Department, as hard as Biden and Blinken try, as hard as the New York Times and the Washington Post try, they don't have any examples of this, from the Jews to the Muslims. None. Not one. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. How do you think our country, or most any country, will react when their women and children are being brutalized like this? 
do you think that they, when they hit the other, the enemy, the other side, they would be sending them text messages and notes about the fact that they're going to hit them so they ought to get out of there? Can you name another country on the face of the earth that would do it? It wouldn't be ours. And you have to think, geez, that's nuts, actually. Or they try and build a path for the people to get out while they're trying to hunt down the very terrorist government that those people elected, that those people have supported and still support October 7th by 85 to 87%. They say they would vote for Hamas again. We're starting to see some news stories where some of the Palestinians are objecting to Hamas. That's not the majority. The overwhelming majority were surveyed by Palestinian surveyors, Arab surveyors. And they said unequivocally, they support Hamas on October 7th. Any other country, how do you think they would react to this? To the women and children being brutalized in such uh, really indescribable ways. And what kind of a president of the United States reacts to all this? First few weeks, he shows compassion and concern. And they quickly genuflex when he realizes that so many is an Islamic base, the river to the sea crowd, the crowd that thinks this was a justified response to occupation, have said they're not going to vote for him. So there he is at the UN trying to destroy Israel. There he is with executive orders, reading international executive orders aimed at Jews and Jews only. There he is conducting a, an investigation into Israeli war crimes while he's funding Iran and all the terrorist groups. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Governor Ron DeSantis, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You know, Governor, I have to ask you this question. You're very, very sharp, and you understand politics, among other things. For the life of me, why is Nikki Haley still running for the Republican nomination? Does she have some idea that she might get it or something? I've never seen somebody run for a Republican nomination for any office, much less president, trying to do it by winning voters who aren't Republicans. They're in South Carolina urging core Democrats to come out and vote for her in the primary. It's just bizarre. And I know I noticed this in Iowa on the Iowa caucus night. Unfortunately, Iowa lets 
Democrats come, you can switch to Republican on the night of the caucus and then caucus. And I think the idea is maybe we're to draw more people into the party. However, I saw these Haley voters. They had N95 masks on. They had shirts with liberal slogans. These were liberal (laughs) Democrats that were switching to R to vote to caucus for Haley. So it's just ridiculous. And like my thing on this is I never told anyone the whole time to get out, quote unquote. People can do what they want, but it's like the only real reason to run is if you have a pass. And if you have a pass, go all the way for sure. But she doesn't have a pass. She's going to get killed in South Carolina uh, by probably 30 points or more. And then she says she's going to keep going on what? So she can lose Alabama by 60 on Super Tuesday. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, that's why I'm trying to figure this out. I, I well, actually, you know, yeah. Mark, come to think of it, I did see some articles about a lot of her money is now Biden donors that are that are that are contributing to her campaign. We know she had money from a very prominent uh, Democrat and her super PAC, who who uh, the founder of LinkedIn, who's bankrolled every anti-Trump effort, including that lawsuit uh, for the, the sex stuff in New York City. He funded that for 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 the for the plaintiff. So she's getting money from there. So I do think some of the people giving her money are just hoping that they can get Trump to spend more money and then have less to take on Biden with in the general election. And, you know, my 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 kind of caution is just the Democrats have outraised us uh, probably 10 to one so far. The RNC is functionally bankrupt. The DNC and Biden's campaign, they're flush with cash and they're only just starting. I mean, they're going to be able to raise a lot of money going forward. And that's true even if they do replace Biden at the convention, because they'll be able to just transfer the money. So we've got to start focusing on on November here. I think we have a great opportunity as Republicans, because I think the country's going in the wrong direction. Voters know that. And voters also know that Biden's just not up to this job, uh, given his mental decline. So we have a chance, I think, to to put a, a lot of wins on the board. But we've got to get our act together. And I'm worried about that. When you have somebody like Nikki Haley, who is drawing what limited resources the Republican Party has, and I guess Trump, to defending him, uh, and she's using Democrat Party and uh, other elements to run against him, I'm saying, what the hell is she doing? I mean, do you think she's she's killing herself? I don't think she has any shot in 2028 now. She shot herself in both feet. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the whole time she was running for VP, and then I think, like, as, you know, she started to get uh, elevated by the media, she got some of these big donors, and, and I think she thought she could actually win for a time. I do think she probably thought that, but it's just not the way the Republican Party works. You don't win a Republican nomination by appealing only to non-Republicans, and that was her strategy, and it just it was doomed to fail uh, from the start. So South Carolina, I think, is going to be, and here's the thing, because uh, I've been to South Carolina a couple times in the last week. I did a charity event that I had previously committed to. Then I worked with some of the legislators yesterday. I know you and I will talk about Article 5 amendments to the Constitution. So I'm working with legislatures around the country to reign in Washington because we do have the power. You wrote a book on that, so you know that better than anybody. And you don't even realize there's a race going on. It's like people have moved on uh, from the primary. That's just the reality. And so, I mean, I think she's just spinning her wheels. I mean, it's hard to take a loss. I got it. But at some point, you got to grow up and get over it. And uh, obviously, oh, you, yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, these these politicians. Like, look, you know, I was, I, you know, we we ran for six, seven months. Uh, you know, we we worked hard. You know, we ran hard. 
and I didn't see a path, and so I moved on. And I was in the office the next day down here, and we've been doing all kinds of stuff the last few weeks um, down in Florida, putting points on the board. That's what you got to be in this, not for yourself, but to be able to to bring results for the people that you represent. That's the only reason to run, to attain office, to do things. And then if you have an opportunity, you, you just got to do it. And so I uh, I don't know what she's doing. Um, I think she's getting a lot of bad advice, but but it is what it is. And uh, you know we'll. we'll manage one way or another. I just think that the Democrats, they've already placed $250 million Jeez. worth of super PAC reservations, and they're likely going to double that. So they're going to end up, you know, potentially outspending us, you know, maybe three to one down the stretch. And I don't think that presidential elections, it's only about the money. I think there's more to it than that. But man, if people I'm aren't hurt. even going to be able to get up and use the restroom without having some some anti-Trump ad beamed into their phone or on their TV, eventually that does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this Article 5. <clears throat> I've believed in this a long time because the framers did. And Article 5... Just for the public, it's two ways to amend the Constitution. One way is you wait around for Congress through supermajorities to make proposals. And that's how every amendment we have has worked. And then, of course, there's actually the more federalist way, which is amendments are they actually come out from the bottom up. The states, they have a convention of states, not a constitutional convention. And you need 34 state legislatures to sign off. Now, we have 19 now, Governor. And those 19 have signed off on a set of proposals because the issue is, is the people who've read my book knows and the people I talk to in the audience, you can't have states coming in with 25 different amendments because it's not going to work. It's not the way that was no, supposed no, to be no. done. You know, I think, I think you outlined in your book uh, a number of them, uh, but I think some of them that are just no-brainers are term limits for members of Congress. The good thing about that is you need 38 states to ratify an right. amendment. And there are not 38 red states. Um, there are 38 red and purple combined. And then we've probably got about 10 just loony left blue states. But even in blue states, some of these amendments will be popular. Um, and so you, you, you called for that. You called for a balanced budget amendment, which we need. And you called for that when the debt was like $16 trillion or $17 trillion. Now it's, th- it's doubled since you wrote that book in 2014 or 2015. I mean, it's incredible what these people have done. But one thing I was thinking about with your book uh, – because um, you called for something that I think is important about a more specific definition of the Commerce Clause. You know, the good thing that has happened with the current constitution of the court, I do think the Supreme Court could have potentially overrule some of those wrong decisions like Wickard versus Filbert. Oh, yeah. Justice Thomas has called on this. I know Alito and Gorsuch, and I think they probably could get a couple other justices. So, so it's possible that they could rectify their eminent domain decisions. I know you called for that uh, because they the court has expanded what uh, public use is, and that needs to be restricted. Uh, but I think that I think we have a chance to get some of this done through the court because we have a, at least a nominal six three majority. But some of the other things like like term limits, a balanced budget amendment, reining in the bureaucracy, uh, this is good. And here's the thing: 
It's never been done, but the founders put it in there for a reason, because they understood that the federal ruling class may become a problem at some point. And if you only rely on Congress to initiate the amendment process, anything that has to do with the corruption of Congress and the associated uh, departments of government will never get off the ground. So you have to have a mechanism where people in their individual states can propose amendments, debate the amendments, and you still need three quarters of the states to ratify. So sometimes people say, oh, you can't use Article 5 because if they, if they propose amendments, they could just create an entirely new constitution. Mark, it's impossible. You know, what is the chance? Yeah, and what is the chance? First of all, and when you do the call to go, you can limit, you can tell the delegates you will commit a, an offense if you go outside whatever's there. Right. You can give the governor the power to recall them. So there are definitely ways to protect against that. But here's the thing. Worst case scenario, somehow someone proposes a Marxist constitution. Do you honestly think 38 states would ratify, would any red state ratify repealing the Second Amendment, for example? Of course not. So I don't think it's a valid criticism, because if you accept that criticism, we have to basically accept that we're helpless to rein in the ruling class in D.C. And I don't think that's what the founding fathers intended. So you were, I think, ahead of the time on it, because when you called for it, it was right. But it's gotten so much worse now. So, you know, in Florida, we've we've adopted, you know, this call. Uh, I'm willing to work with other states um, for them to to adopt this call. But these are really significant reforms that and they're not just limited to what conservatives would want. There's broad appeal to this because there's independent voters. There's even some Democrat voters who know we need to restrain Congress's uh, ability to plunge us into debt and limit their terms and so on down the line. So, so I'm a big believer in it. I think this is exactly what the founding fathers would be pushing for if they've seen how this government's been contorted over the years. I just want to make an amendment since you put a balanced budget amendment. I don't actually support a balanced budget amendment. I support what Milton Friedman proposed, which is limiting the size and growth of government to the gross domestic product. And I'll tell you why. A balanced budget amendment means I can raise taxes through the roof to balance our budget. We don't want that. So that's why I've never really jumped into that. What I've jumped into, though, is something I think is more effective. You cap the spending. You cap it well, constitutionally. I think either way. I think I think obviously uh, that that would be that would be great as well. I, I am not as concerned about them jacking up taxes because I think if they tried to do that, they get their asses voted out of office. And that's the thing when when these Democrats can put Governor, this on Governor, the credit let me, card. Let me just let me let me just say something. If we're going to go through the mission which is an extremely difficult one that I've been working on for 12 years to have a convention. I do worry. I'm just saying from Mark's point of view, not everybody's point of view, that maybe 40, 50 years ago, it sounded good. Reagan believed in it. And others a balanced budget. They are too slimy. They are too Marxist. And they'll say, fine, even we'll support a balanced budget amendment. And now this is what we need to do. And then they will raise the hell out of time. They don't care if they're voted out, they're voted in, they'll change the voting system. And so these people are absolutely, I won't say evil, but they're pretty damn close. So that's Mark's view anyway, but go ahead. And they will, and they, another issue is that they will uh, probably they would do an amendment that would be, they would be able to evade at their convenience. And so it, it, that would be something also to, to watch out for as well. Uh, but, but look, I just think the, the, the issue is, is, 
The founders understood we, the people, ultimately, you know, the states created the federal government, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. You do not need the federal government to amend the Constitution. The founders believed in that. We need to rediscover that. And I, I could tell you this. Imagine if we got to like 30 states that certify. These guys in Washington, they would freak out. They would 100%. be so scared. They'd be looking over their shoulder. Honestly, I think you'd see a change in behavior even mm-hmm. at that point because they'd be so scared uh, of what the people would do. So ultimately, they they will fear. They fear the people when the people are organized and they're on a mission uh, to, to to rein this in. So um, I think you were right on the money. I think you know Florida's been great on this. Uh, we've certified this call uh, many years ago, and, and we're all in for it. So. If you're in one of these states that has not uh, entertained Article 5 amendments uh, to reign in Washington, tell your state legislators uh, that you want to see this because we, the people, have the ability to change uh, this country for the better. And just to point out something I've told you myself, the Convention of States has, there's other groups too, but they have five and a half million volunteers and many of them are in this audience. And I thank them over and over and over again for what they're trying to do. They are engaged. They are citizens. They don't get paid. And they show up. When I go to a book signing and I have thousands of people show up, they're wearing their T-shirts. It's an amazing movement that's going on That They're largely under the radar. Every now and then the left looks at it and they get very nervous. And, of course, they flip, they flip the script, Governor, which is we're trying to destroy the Constitution. I have a couple more questions. Can you hold on till after the break unrelated to yeah, Article sure. 5? All right. Absolutely. We'll be back with America's governor. That's right, I said it. Ron DeSantis. We'll be right back. Mark Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Now, America's governor, Governor DeSantis, the few minutes we have left the, Mon- the McConnell Senate Republicans standing off against the constitutionalists, Schumer just wants to dismiss the impeachment of Mayorkas or to have a truncated quick show trial and get it over with. We've never seen anything like this in American history on such a serious matter. What do you make of that? Well, one, I mean, I think that they should have impeached him a lot earlier than this, quite frankly. I mean, this border had been open for two years while the Democrats were in the majority in the House. We won the majority in 22, albeit a narrow one. They should have moved immediately in the House. I'm glad they finally did it. Clearly, it's warranted. You know, impeachment's not just for committing criminal offenses, although there may be some here, uh, but it's primarily about political crimes where you're uh, violating your oath of office. And what Mayorkas has done by green 
green lighting in over 7 million illegal aliens is a massive dereliction of duty. The U.S. Senate needs to process this, and all these guys need to go on record, make every Democrat vote to say that this is appropriate behavior uh, for a cabinet official. I think some of them who are running for re-election, that's likely not going to be a very good vote. Uh, so they need to have a trial on it. Uh, I understand why some open border Republicans and liberal Democrats would not want a trial, because there'd be a lot of evidence about all the carnage that's happened as a result of the intentional open border. I mean, honestly, Governor, uh, you know, the impeachment clause, high crimes and misdemeanor with a good sense for what they meant from uh, Madison's notes. And it goes back. They were looking also historically to the British back to the 1300s, looking at the parliament, how they handled impeachment, some of the language they adopted, some of they didn't. If this isn't an impeachable offense, knowingly violating at least six sections of federal immigration law and the consequences of it, then what the hell point is there of impeachment? I agree. And I think what's happened is what they're what they're doing is something that is absolutely envisioned under the Constitution. And has not it's been done rarely in American history, but quite frankly, we haven't had cabinet secretaries who have been so brazen as to just completely ignore and violate uh, the law until very recently. You know, we worked uh, back in the day on the IRS targeting scandal to impeach the IRS commissioner. Republican establishment stopped that from happening, but I thought that was an appropriate response for the targeting of conservative Americans under the Obama administration. Uh, this merits it. And I think the thing is, is it's easy. It should be easier to hold a cabinet secretary accountable because they're not, they're not elected. You know, when you impeach a president, there is an issue of, okay, people voted all this stuff. Now, now when they merit it, they merit it. But these cabinet secretaries, if you can't hold them accountable, then you're basically just saying people can get in there, take an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution, turn around and violate it with impunity. We love having you on here, Governor. You're terrific. It's obviously you're a solid, principled conservative. And I want to thank you. My best to your wife, your whole family. God bless you. God bless, Mark. Take care. You too. Isn't he fantastic? He really is. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin-Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin-Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Am I missing something? Didn't Vladimir Putin endorse Joe Biden? Answer is yes. I want you to listen to this. This is uh, the spokes idiot for the Pentagon. It seems to me our Pentagon's had a lot of spokes idiots, and they promote them, like Kirby. Kirby's part of the growing circle of Israel-hating anti-Semites at the White House and beyond. That's right, I said it, because if you're going to be a mouthpiece for this administration, then you're part of it. Sabrina Singh is the Pentagon press secretary now. Take a listen to this. Cut one, go. Our assessment is that Iran doesn't seek a wider regional conflict. We've said that from the beginning. But they do support these militia groups that attack our forces. They do support the Houthis that over this past weekend have launched multiple attacks on commercial ships, on uh, U.S. forces in the region. And they support Hezbollah. They support these groups that are continuing attacks in the region that are destabilizing and are a threat to the rule of law. Um, So if Iran doesn't want to see a regional conflict, they can continue to intervene and to tell these groups to stop. Is that one of the dumbest statements you've ever heard in an administration that's full of dumb statements, including the top dumbass himself? Excuse my French. I don't use the words that Joe Biden does when he talks about other people, however. Iran doesn't see a wider conflict. Iran is funding the wider conflict. Iran is training the terrorists who are involved in a wider conflict. Iran is arming the terrorists who are involved in the wider conflict. Iran is the puppet master telling the Houthis what to do, telling Hamas when to attack, telling Hezbollah what to do. This administration is pro-Iran. How else can you conclude otherwise? This administration is pro-Iran, anti-American, anti-Israel. They make excuses for Iran all the time. Iran doesn't want a wider regional conflict. They sure as hell do. They're the ones involved in it. They're attacking our ships. They're attacking our ally ships. They've killed three Americans and God knows how many casualties. And they're defending Iran and at their UN attacking Israel. Iran's building nukes. Nukes as I speak. Now I hear our friends, quote unquote, over at MSNBC and CNN. We're very concerned that Ukraine's not getting the weaponry it deserves. Okay, fine. I don't disagree. However... When are they going to criticize this administration and support for Iran? When are they going to criticize this administration and its support for terrorists and terrorism? The money trail is beyond dispute. But they won't do it for the very reasons they attack conservatives. Because they're slugs, they're hacks, they're lapdogs for Biden and anything Biden wants to do. It is inexcusable what Sabrina Singh had to say. Wasn't Sabrina like uh, some Saturday show? uh, Teenage Witch, yeah. Well, this is a different one. Sabrina Singh. Iran doesn't seek a wider regional conflict. It's like Joe Biden is smarter than ever. They want you to believe lies. 
This administration literally comes to the defense of Iran over and over and over again. You don't hear openly or leaks that Joe Biden is cussing out the Islamo-Nazi in charge of Iran, do you? Never. He doesn't want to lose his Islamist base, you know, river to the sea crowd. Even though Iran's not Arab, doesn't matter. They're the same enemy, us and the Jews. And so I'm saying to you, America, from their spokes idiot at the Defense Department, to their two spokes idiots at the White House, to their spokes idiot at the State Department, to their spokes idiot, the ambassador to the UN, to the traitor spokes idiot, the Secretary of State, to the big dummy anti-Semite in the Oval Office, they never criticize Iran. And they certainly don't call the people in Iran the leaders of, of these attacks on us, attacks on our allies, and all the rest. They never speak about them the way they speak about MAGA, the way they speak about Netanyahu, the way they speak about the Israeli government, the way they speak about Trump. Never. It's just incredible to me. Then you have Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is as big of a nitwit as Joe Biden. I want you to ask yourselves a question, seriously. She's not the speaker anymore. Her husband was brutally assaulted, could have easily died. Now, put yourself in her high heels. Put yourself in her multiple facelifted face. At this point in your life, 82, 83, 84 years old, You have a husband back home in San Francisco. You've been the Speaker of the House. You've already done your damage to the country. Why are you still hanging around like a bad rash? Why are you still hanging around? Is she a hemorrhotic, Mr. Producer? I think she's a hemorrhotic. Well, here she is. And uh, she's attacking Netanyahu. Now understand, these attacks on Netanyahu are really meant to be attacks on Israel. I mean, vicious, vile, curse-laden attacks on Israel. But they can do it to Netanyahu, you see, while still getting their Jewish supporters to vote for them and donate to them. So that's the game that's being played. Cut to go. Isn't the danger for the U.S. that if you don't like what Israel is doing and the president is... Isn't the danger? You must be on MSNBC. They like hiring Brits and so forth. They say, hey, yes, isn't the danger here to Israel? The Jews, you know, the United States doesn't like what they're doing. Why doesn't it put, you know, put, put their foot down? Go ahead. Isn't the danger for the U.S. that if you don't like what Israel is doing, and the president has made it clear that some of what Israel is doing he doesn't like, and and you go on supplying them with hardware to do those things, you own this operation. Yes, you're in charge of, you know, wanton slaughter of the Palestinians in Gaza. It's not just Israel, it's America. Because you're... You're allowing Israel to actually defend itself. I assume this guy's wife or daughter hasn't had a pistol stuck up their ass and fired. I assume that, Mr. Producer? 
or hasn't had a knife stuck up their vaginas. Oh, really, America? Is this too much? Well, this is what was done or had their breasts cut off because I think he'd have a different approach. I think he'd have a different view. I think the snot would be coming out of his nose and the fire out of his ears. And his depends would be all wet. And they attack the victims. So what does Nancy Pelosi have to say about that? Go ahead. No, we don't. We don't. We have always supported Israel as our national security friend, largely because it was in our interest to do so. At largely because it was introduced that we had shared values that only democracy uh, in the region. Uh, but the, the behavior of Netanyahu is, in my go. view, inexcusable in terms of how it has affected the collateral damage to children and families and the rest. But, Let me tell you a little secret. And I need to get my hands on these statistics. And of course, it doesn't come from Hamas, so the Democrats and their media won't won't report it the citizen to terrorist ratio because we have to play this game the citizen to terrorist ratio in the Gaza Strip is multifold lower than the citizen to terrorist ratio in our war in Afghanistan did you know that Mr. Producer that's correct in fact it's the lowest in modern times now I know Hamas hasn't put this out so the Democrats don't have their talking point. So Jake Tapper doesn't have his talking point. So Andre Mitchell doesn't have a talking point. So Wolf Blitzer doesn't have his talking point. So the usual reprobates, the Communist News Network, and MSLSD. I know it's not Hamas, but it's true. Joe Biden wants to get reelected at any cost whatsoever. He'll put Trump in prison if he can. He'll keep the border wide open while blaming it on the Republicans, which is what he's doing. Thanks to Mitch McConnell, who gave them an opportunity. Bipartisan, bipartisan border, border reform. Bipartisan. So even he winds up voting against it, the moron. Bipartisan, three senators, Republicans, four, I guess. Oh, bipartisan. Shut up, you idiot. And this is the idiot, Nancy Pelosi. But let's go on because Sebastian, whoever the hell he is, isn't done. Go ahead. Take away the right of any country to defend itself that has been brutally attacked in that way. Uh, the uh, twenty-eight thousand Palestinian lives is more than self-defense, yeah. isn't it? It's more than self-defense. Yeah, it is. Yes. And where'd you get that number from? They don't even, don't even clarify that these numbers come from Hamas. They just use them. Sebastian just uses the number. Just uses the number. This is Sebastian, assuming you are from the uh, British Empire. May I ask a question to Sebastian? How many civilians were killed during the bombing of Dresden? I'm just curious, do you know? And of course, the RAF in America bombed Dresden, but really the RAF did the, uh, most, of the, uh, most of the activity there. How many civilians died, you schmuck? At the bombing of Dresden. How many? 
Estimates, 70,000. Now stick that up, your British butt. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Mark Levin, Mr. Producer, has caused another controversy. His interview with the Jewish Journal picked up in some circles. And what is this controversial thing Mark Levin said? That when Jews vote for Democrats, they're voting for their own destruction. That when Jews vote for Democrats, right behind them are people who are voting for their destruction. And when Jews vote for Democrats like Joe Biden, they're voting with people who talk about from the river to the sea. That's controversial. That's a fact. And what's it going to take, Mark said? What's it going to take for them to abandon the Democrat Party? And I mean that. If it's not October 7th, it's not Biden... It's not Blinken. If it's not the funding of Iran and Hamas and the PLO and Hezbollah, what the hell is it going to take? You got the United States at the UN. Are they going after Iran? No. Are they going after Syria, which has murdered 500,000 of its own? No. Are they going after the Palestinian terrorists? No. Are they going after Red China? Which has two and a half million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps? No. Are they going after Putin? Who's trying to conquer Ukraine and part of NATO? No. Who are they going after? Israel. Because now, according to the president of Brazil, the Jews are running their own Holocaust. Blinken's so impressed with what the president of Brazil said, the next day, he puts his arm around him and gives him a kiss, so to speak. And why are Jews voting Democrat? I would say the same thing to blacks. Why are you voting Democrat? Democrats don't want you to have school choice. Democrats don't want you to have cops. I mean, what the hell is that all about? The Democrat Party hates America, and that means the people who make up America. They want to re-engineer every human being. They take the side of evil against good, the side of totalitarianism against liberty every damn time. Nothing controversial. Facts are facts. I'll be right back. 
Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Over all the decades, I've come to realize that if you speak the truth, it's a dangerous thing. And that's why they jump and smother and attack and do all these things. And I've just been around too long to give a you-know-what. I don't give a damn. I'm not going to be cowed. I'm not going to be pressured. I'm not going to be threatened. It's not going to happen. Well, they'll try, but it's not going to work. The truth is the truth. And just because I don't go along with the totalitarian propaganda operation... That is our media. That is our politics. Um, Doesn't mean that I'm going to. uh, It means I'm going to stand up to it. Just like I'm going to stand up to pacifism and isolationism with our own movement, our own party, because I know it's deadly in the end. Because I know that evil never rests. You know, those of you who do read the Bible Evil never rests. The devil doesn't say, you know, I'm in this damn forever war, Mr. Producer. Does he? And God doesn't rest. And God's people shouldn't rest either. This is an ongoing battle between good and evil. It's as old as mankind himself. And the people who delude themselves into believing that they just mind their business. They just stay within their borders, stay within their homes, that they'll be safe. These are the people who usually don't survive. And they sure as don't help the rest of society to survive. I'm not going to participate in that. I know what will happen if Russia defeats Ukraine. Not because I'm a genius or Nostradamus. Because I know history, I know Putin, I know what he said. I know what will happen if Israel enters into what they, they call ceasefire, that is surrenders, as opposed to Hamas surrendering. And then Israel lops off 30% of its own country and hands it to its enemy. I know what will happen to Israel. I don't need to be persuaded against it. Or told it's the only way for peace. By some fat ass sitting at the New York Times or some mental midget staring at the ceiling at his home in Wilmington. I know it and you know it. If Ukraine doesn't get the munitions it needs, Ukraine will be defeated. It will be devoured by the old Soviet Union, it will be devoured by an old KGB operative who assassinates his way to power is responsible for the death of tens of thousands of his own people, let alone Ukrainians. And some people even seem to worship this guy. Yeah? And who else? We should wear some Mao, Hitler, Stalin. Who else should we worship? Castro? Now, it's interesting. I have found that people who've escaped legitimately to the United States from communist China... Our fascistic Russia, our communist Cuba, 
or communist Venezuela, and have come into this country legally as real refugees. They seem to support America more than the left, and certainly more than the isolationists and pacifists. They understand the world better than most people in this country. We've never seen it up close and personal. Now, many of us haven't, but we know enough to know what it's like up close and personal. Other people just pretend it doesn't exist. You secure your border. You support local law enforcement. You rein in federal police state enforcement. You build up our military so everybody wets themselves before they even think about shooting a missile at one of our ships. If they shoot a missile at one of our ships... We make them pay a hundred times. Our ship should be bigger, more powerful, with more missiles. And they're not anymore. They're not. I know which religions are essentially pacifist in nature, live and let live, that are very... Tolerant of other faiths, even if they disagree with them, and I know the religions that aren't. Supposed to pretend otherwise? You have in the Middle East, with Iran, the Palestinian terrorists, with the Muslim Brotherhood, a new, ready? Islamic crusade. That's what you have. That's what they want. That's what they say they're doing. That's a fact. Shouldn't be controversial. Read Hamas's mission statement. Read what the Muslim Brotherhood says. Read it. Read it. Listen to what they say. We have websites. Memory. M-E-M-R-I. Check it out. Don't be silent. Of course. For the American leftist and Democrat, you're attacking an entire people. No, I'm not. I have a request here from my friend Zudi Jasser. He's running for Congress in Arizona, and I endorse him. And he's a Muslim. He's also an American veteran who served in our Navy. Who stands up to the Islamists, stands up to them, challenges them, puts his life on the line. How dare anybody throw him in with Hamas? And he's not the only one. So obviously that's not my point. But there are in fact millions and millions and millions of Islamists. It's not the, the people who are not a threat in practicing their faith that are the issue. It's the people who are a threat. That's the issue. The people who have suffered most from the Islamists, in addition to the Jews on a per capita basis, are other Muslims. I've said this over and over again. Joe Biden doesn't stand up for peaceful Muslims in the Middle East. Joe Biden 
simply says, well, all Muslims aren't terrorists. We already know that. But he doesn't stand up for them. A Palestinian state is an Islamist terrorist state. It's not a peaceful Muslim state. Supporting Iran with money, letting it rearm, pretending that it's not involved in a larger war in the Middle East and elsewhere, is to support the Islamists, not the peaceful Muslims. It's Biden who's stereotyping. It's Biden who's supporting Islamists. Islamists, not Islam, Islamists. It's Biden right now that's giving aid and comfort to Hamas. Why do you think they're holding out as long as they can? Because Biden has come to the rescue. And his donors like Sabin, they've come to the rescue. And guys like Raskin and Schumer and Friedman, they've come to the rescue of Hamas. The NBC, MSNBC hosts... The CNN hosts. Hamas is relying on them. Now, how do we know that? Because they said so. They even played it on Fox one Sunday night. Even in the United States, says this subhuman monster, one of their leaders. They're talking about a river to the sea. They're using our numbers. We're turning the tide. He could have said, we have Jake Tapper on our side. We have Andrea Mitchell on our side. Could have said all that. We have the New York Times and the Washington Post. We have Joe Biden on our side. Does Biden even talk anymore about October 7th? No. Does he talk anymore about what was done on October 7th? No. If he cares about the Muslims, why doesn't he talk about the mass murder in Syria. He doesn't. Why does he pretend that Iran doesn't want a bigger war when Iran is funding it and arming it? Does that sound like a guy who cares about Muslims? And why is he obsessed with Dearborn, Michigan? Is that where every Muslim in America lives? No, it isn't. So Biden is siding with the Islamists. Blinken is siding with the Islamists. The UN is siding with the Islamists. Why? Because they're anti-Semites. That's why. They could all agree on one thing. And then clowns, fools, like Nancy Pelosi. Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. It's Netanyahu. He goes, Netanyahu is Israel's Churchill. Even the leftists in Israel don't understand that he's Israel's Churchill. That's how preposterous they are. So you got to take out Churchill. And then everything will be just fine. Two-state solution, ceasefire, all the hostages will be released. They've been treated so beautifully by Hamas. Hamas will turn over a new, a new leaf, Abbas, the terrorist in PLO, inheritor from Arafat. Oh, yeah, he's just misunderstood. Turkey will step in line. Iran won't cause any more trouble because we know Iran's not. The Houthis will go back to sleep. 
Hamas will go back into their caves. And of course, Hezbollah, well, they'll just sit there quietly and watch it all. If I'm the last voice standing, so be it. I don't really care. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tony, Clifton, New Jersey. How are you, sir? Hi, Mark Lovin. This is Miss Tony. Hello, Miss Tony. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Mark. How can I miss you when I don't even know you? I'm so pleased to <clears throat> listen to you share all these things with us about Israel. I've been studying about it, so I'll make it quick. I'm thinking about the Biden administration that hates America, they are their, their hatred for its own people is is spilling over into the world. It's spilling mm-hmm. over into us, and the American people are being deluged by the hate that they have in them. No respect for uh, treaties and relationships with countries like Israel. And I think of Golda. I was reading about Golda Meir, who wasn't perfect. Um, but, Mark, what she said was, she said she will never, you know, uh, give up Jerusalem, the Golan, Gaza, Sharma, and she. And when I... I almost, That's why they want to take him out. That's why every single Democrat on TV, every one of them writing for major newspapers like the Slimes and the Compost, Keep targeting Netanyahu, Netanyahu. They want to turn him into the devil. They want to turn him into what Hamas is. When he is a strong man, a man of the times, a man needed by his people, who I say is the Churchill of Israel. That's how history will view him, depending on who writes it. If the good people write it, that's how they'll view it. But Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Blinken, the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran... The Palestinian terrorists, they all have something in common. They hate Netanyahu. Isn't that funny, Tony? They all have nothing. That's what they have is nothing. They have no morals, no connections, no no care about humanity. They are really just running off the fuel of the devil, Mark Levin. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. But I want you to think about that. There's no difference between the propaganda used against Netanyahu by the terrorists in this administration and the Democrats. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truck drivers, thank you. Men and women all over the world fighting for liberty, the freedom fighters. Men and women in Ukraine and, of course, our brothers and sisters in Israel. But most of all, you, red-blooded Americans, God bless you. See you tomorrow.